Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Sunny Sapra, SVP and CIO at Samaritan Health Services. In part one, Sapra and managing editor Kate Gamble talk about how his team is working toward the ultimate goal of becoming a data-driven organization, the systemness philosophy that attracted him to Samaritan, and how he's managing what he believes is the biggest challenge for CIOs today. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, a brief word from our sponsor. Your organization doesn't compromise on patient care, so why compromise on the endpoints you deploy? iGEL is the ultimate operating system for healthcare organizations using VDI, DAS, or SAS. And we're offering a free laptop on which to experience iGEL's no compromise OS. Just visit iGEL.com slash why compromise. So yeah, I just basically wanted to talk about what your team's working on and talk a little bit about your background too. Okay, perfect. So just for a very uh, high level overview, Samaritan is a five hospital system based in Oregon and you have right. the health plan. Yes, we have a health plan, our own health plan, um, which is called the Integrated Health Network. And we have five hospitals, two of which are critical access hospitals. And we're about 120 times. Okay. And you are located in Oregon, right? Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest, Oregon, just about an hour and a half south of Portland. Um, and so we're in, uh, our corporate office is based in Corvallis, Oregon, where Oregon State University is. Okay. So looking at, at where things stand now, um, what do you consider to really be your top priorities? Top priority probably is right now is becoming a data-driven organization and really getting down that path of really managing our data both from a system perspective, but then also from a health plan perspective. Mm-hmm. That really does play into true population health. And so we're spending quite a bit of time in really looking at how we move forward with that and, and putting some plans in place. We should be implementing a project next year regarding you know, bring all of that together. So a lot of time and effort being put into that. And then we are, you know, obviously working. We've got many, many applications uh, that we use. We're primarily an epic shop for the patient and outpatient all with the same, same instance. But, you know, we've probably got about a good 600 to 700 active applications uh, in the system. And so when you really look at that, we are really looking at how to use smart subtraction to bring those applications in somewhat of a consolidated fashion down uh, in number because we really have to set up principles within our system to be epic first and really mm-hmm. look at you know, solutions that are software as a service and really start looking at what the system needs as opposed to what the hospital may need. Okay. And then uh, and lastly, I'd say a major goal of ours is to be 100% virtual by 2025. We are, we've got a goal to get out of our data center by 2025 and either have those solutions within our Azure virtual environment or move towards more of that software as a service model. Okay. So, so obviously a lot going on there. Can you talk more about going to uh, Azure and kind of where you yeah. stand with that now? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say we're we're well into our journey now uh, of moving into our private cloud environment where we are within Azure and, and have started moving applications within Microsoft and within our health plans as well. We are moving as much data as we can and as many applications as we can within, to that, you know, within the Azure environment. 
now the next goal is really looking at Epic and where we take Epic from our data center and whether we take it and put it into our Azure environment or whether we move and get it hosted through Epic. Uh, we're still working out the numbers and the details around that. And then uh, once we've got that decision, we'll start moving in that direction as well. Okay, so really a lot of emphasis on uh, systemness. And um, is that something that's kind of been been in place for a bit as far as that, that thinking? Uh, it has. I've got a, a CEO that started about four years ago mm-hmm. and has really brought that vision in. I've been here for just over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was at the University of Louisville Health before this in Louisville, Kentucky. And so uh, when I came into the system, I mean, that was part of what was so attractive and how the leadership was approaching it was very much from a system thinking. Now, you know, every organization goes through growing pains when you go a different set of thinking and a different culture, honestly. And so so I think we are every day moving closer and closer to that systemness thinking, mm-hmm. uh, but we still got a little bit of ways to go with it as well. So uh, I'd say we're probably in between young in our journey to about midway into our journey uh, of really getting there, but those cultural shifts take time and then we keep moving towards that direction every day. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit more about the cultural shift and what it takes to lead that because it is a change. It is, it is, and it starts at the very top, right? And so one of our main things that our CEO did when he came in, it was really made our mission statement into a very simple uh, way of understanding things, which is servicing our communities to be healthier. And so it made it into a very simple statement we went to our values, which are very easy to, to remember. So we, we have a pride statement within the organization that really does speak to our organization in really making sure that we are performing and really act with respect, integrity, uh, dedication, excellence. And so when you look at all of our pride statements, it's just one word on each one of those those letters that really do impact and is easy to remember for our employees. And so just our CEO bringing that to that simplicity that everybody should be able to remember our mission statement, everybody should know what our pride values are, I think really set in tone that this is the way we're going to think as an organization now. We're going to think as a And really bringing that culture and moving that culture shift was really talking to the independent CEOs that were brought into our system kind of came about from acquiring some of these facilities within these communities and, and, and getting them to understand that we're going to act together as a system. We're not going to be independent hospitals. We're going to help each other. And, and so all the decisions we make on how we transfer patients, where they go, uh, it's all part of that. And I think that culture, you can see it in action. And I truly feel like when you feel the culture is changing, that's when you can really tell it's changing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, putting words out there is something, but really feeling it in an organization really cements that you're actually making that progress. And you truly do feel it in the organization where we are acting more and more as a system. We feel like we're more part of Samaritan Health than Albany General Hospital or Samaritan Medical Group or whether we have the you know Good Samaritan Hospital in Corvallis. We don't act as a hospital, independent hospital. We truly are acting as a system. Right. Yeah, that, that's so important. Now, you mentioned you've been there about a year or so. Yeah, about a year and two months now. Okay. So, interesting time to start with an organization. And, yeah, can you talk about what it was like joining during, although we were a year into COVID that still affected everything, and just kind of how you approached that? 
Yeah, you know, leaving Louisville was a very tough decision. I really enjoyed my time there, but my family really didn't want to come back to the Northwest. And so after spending some time there, the decision to come back was one that I think was personal than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coming back and going through this whole... Luckily, we lived in Oregon prior to moving to Louisville, so we knew what we were coming back to. Yeah. Um, so there was a certain amount of familiarity coming back. But I think the biggest changes that I have seen is that depending on what health system you're in uh, and the culture that your health system holds is whether your employee base is primarily remote or not or Mm -hmm. hybrid. And I came back to it. I came to an environment where we had sent majority of our staff home, right, uh, to work from home because of COVID and the pandemic. And there was a certain amount of a rise here within the organization to really get to a point where we were satisfying our employees and while they felt and there was a request there there was a very strong request there of being able to be able to work from home permanently remotely and so we stuck with that theme and have now we've got about 85 percent of the is staff that works 100 percent remote Hmm. and trying to embed yourself as a leader into the culture of the organization and into your team I think was probably one of the bigger challenges. And so I was used to in Louisville picking up a cup of coffee and walking the floors every day yeah. in the ICE department. And that let me connect with our employees in, in a different way where you get to know them from a work perspective, but you get to know them in a personal perspective as well. And so that was a little bit of a shift. And so we, we had to change our thinking a little bit as well on how we do things. So we do monthly town halls. We do water cooler virtual talks. We try to stay as connected as we can. We have teams that get together uh, about once a month and and then get together in person, right? Just so that they can keep connected. And then we, as leadership, try to, you know, attend some of those things so they can see us as well. But we are doing as much as we can to go and shift with the culture there, which in some ways, you know, we've shifted quite a bit. I mean, we not only just now have sent people to, to work from home remotely permanently, but we've also now added 20 states where we hire from. And so if we're going to have our workforce remote, we need to start thinking about not just restricting ourselves to Oregon, but looking across the nation and looking for that talent across the nation. So in some ways, it's helped us a lot because we've been able to hire staff from outside uh, outside of Oregon and, and be able to keep that staff and find true good talent there for our system. And so uh, I think it's just a different way of thinking and approaching it. I think it's been a learning experience, honestly, for me to adjust to that kind of culture as well. Uh, because in healthcare, I think we've been kind of behind the curve in really thinking that way. And so for me, it's something that I think I've learned to grow with since I've been in this organization and to truly get adjusted to that, that way of thinking as well. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.